All right, all right. What's up, everybody? Y'all are feeling good. The cold weather got y'all talking tonight. Hey, we're back with weekly services. I don't know if you heard that. I'm super excited about it. I'm really ready. Uh, hey, tonight's going to be amazing. Tonight's going to be so good, but I'm going to dive in. I'm going to speak for about the next 25 minutes, if y'all can lock in. 25. Put me on the clock. Let's do this. Shot clock. Hey, I introduced myself already. I'm Justin, by the way, if I haven't had the chance to meet you. Uh, but I want to do something really quick. Uh, I don't know if you go to weekend services, but we get to have this service, and we get to meet uh, every single week and have a place where college students can come and experience all that God has for them and grow in their giftings and realize their potential and walk into the gifts that, that ultimately they're going to use for the rest of their lives for the kingdom of God uh, because of some of the people that have laid a strong foundation for us. Uh, and that's our lead pastors, Pastor Rick and Michelle. Back in 2001, they moved here from Louisiana. Uh, national champs, what's up? Uh, I'm not an LSU fan either. Quit booing me. Uh, but, hey, they're all the way from Louisiana, and I just want you to know they live a life of integrity. They love this age group. Pastor Rick was a youth pastor when he first started out. He loves this age group, and there's nothing more. He's going to be here in March speaking with us, and I'm really excited about that. But I want you to know that your pastors love you, and on behalf of us, I just want us to do something for, for myself and Emily. I want to honor our pastors, if you will. Put your hands together for our pastors. Come on, Pastor Rick and Michelle. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to talk to one of them, I hope you get to. They are so encouraging. They are life-giving. Uh, the love of God flows through them, not in a weird way, just a really cool way. So, uh, But hey, really quick, a lot of you who went to Cuba last year, I know y'all are excited. Y'all are going to get to go back. If you haven't been to Cuba yet, the application closes tonight. Um, so if you're interested and you're like, man, I don't know if I should, like the Bible says to, so go. And then also I'm going to do a shameless plug for the internship. I know we got several interns in here. We have some interns in the house. Basically, if you've ever thought to yourself, I'd love to get more involved in the church. I want to serve the vision of this house, New Life Church, figure out all these other ministries, what they're a part of. I just talked to somebody who's interning in real life, the high school ministry this year. Uh, we've got several interns that have interned with us, the college ministry. Uh, if you're at all interested in interning, it closes tonight as well, the application for the spring semester. So hit me up. Uh, just talk to me. That's all you got to do. Just say, hey, I want to do that. And we can help you with that. Y'all ready for the word? All right, I need you to pull out your phones with the Bible app. Or how many of y'all rocking that paper Bible tonight? Wave them up. Be, be bold. Come on, be confident. Here we go. I see y'all. If you don't have a Bible, uh, Amir's going to buy everybody a Bible tonight. Come on. <laughs> uh, if y'all want to turn to Luke 6, we're going to be there Luke 6. Luke chapter 6, we're going to be there tonight, but I'm going to start off with a little story. So I was reading in a book that I've been reading over the break, and there was a story of this, I forget his name, Rice Brooks? Yeah, Rice Brooks. In 1993, he took this group of students, and he was an evangelist, a.k.a. Uh, a missionary. He took a group of people, students, over to Guam. Anybody know where Guam is? It's in the middle of the ocean in between here and Australia, and it's actually U.S. territory. I did not know that. So history lesson? test afterwards. Be ready. No tests here. We pride ourselves in that. But Guam was a country, and this, this man basically went, and they were on a, a week-long mission trip, and they got to this hotel, and he checks in, and their room number happened to be 911. 
you know it ain't a good trip when it starts out. You you checking into nine one one. You just know that as an American, that's not going to be good. So two days later, Guam is hit with a record-breaking historical earthquake. 8.2 lasts for almost a minute. Anybody that's familiar with earthquakes, that's bad. Uh, but this dude and their whole team gets rattled. They're trying to figure out how to get to the street. They're on the ninth floor. They find a way out. They get to safety. They find a place to stay. And the next day, they wake up, and they're out in the city trying to find people that need help. They're, they're assessing the damages. And they look up at their hotel that has a few cracks in the structure. It's still standing. And then they look next to it, and they see this building that is almost crumbled to, to the ground. There's stories stacked on t- How many of y'all seen photos of earthquakes? Like, you see stories just stacked on top of one another that looks like you just put a bunch of rubble over there and kind of left it. That's what this building looked like. Let me tell you, the structure of that, of that building was not built to support the pressure of an earthquake. And the one that they were looking at, thankfully, they look and they say, man, the, the contractors, the builders, must have obviously took more time to invest money and energy into building the strength of that foundation so that it could withstand an earthquake that's clearly in an earthquake zone. Tonight, I want to talk to us about, I want to speak a message on built to last. And I'm going to talk about throughout this series, how do we build a strong relationship with God? I know all of us in this room, if I were to, by a show of hands, who wants a strong relationship with God? Some of you may be trying to figure it out, but most of you in here would raise your hand and say, I just need to know how to get there. So throughout this series, the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about how do we build a strong relationship with God? And it starts with this verse. This is the, the entire series came from this one verse. Check it out. As for those who came to me, this is Jesus speaking. As for those who came to me and hear my words and put them into practice, I will show you what they're like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. We're going to talk about being built to last tonight. I want to pray for us before we get into the Word. God, thank you for tonight. I just pray that as we dig into your Word and we, we just... Look through scripture at how to build a strong relationship with you. God, I know that most students in this room, if we were to be honest with you, God, even if our relationship is great right now, there are areas that we could improve. And God, we just want to build, we want to build and be confident in the relationship with, that we have with you. And God, I pray that you speak to us, you show us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all are renting in the house? How many of y'all are renting a, like a house? How many of y'all own a house? Anybody like bankrolling and own one yet? Nobody. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next one. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But how many of you walk into the rent house? We walked into our apartment the first time, and we're like, brown walls? Sick. Like, who paints walls brown? For real. Like, I'm never painting our, well, I may if she tells me to, but we're never painting our walls brown, hopefully. And you, when you walk into a house, and you may even dream right now, some of you ladies, I know the men are just like, where's my, where's my bachelor pad, where's my video games stay? Like, that's what we're thinking about. Where can I watch football? Like, that's what we're thinking about. But some of, when we walk into a house, we're thinking, man, I want a big living area. These are the things we're dreaming about right now. We want, we want a big open living space. We want some room to have people over and kick it and have fun. But when we walk into a house... When we buy it or when we're looking for it, you're like, man, the floors can need, they could use a little upgrade. Like the paint, oh, we could definitely do something with that. Like these cabinets, we got to rip those off the wall. We got to get, we got to sand those puppies down. We got to paint that. Like we we need to do some work around here. Some of you in relationships, uh, if you're dating, if you're single, there are probably some areas in our life that we could 
we could work on. Uh, some of you uh, guys in here, we, we could probably pick up after ourselves. Hello. Uh, we could probably listen better. My wife tells me that sometimes. Um, and for you ladies, we know y'all, we know y'all perfect. Y'all got it going on. You tell us and we know it. Like, that's just how it is. If you, you know, when you were going through high school, I don't know if you were like me, but when I was in high school, I drove my Prius around and I wanted, I wanted to make some upgrades to my whip. Like I, I wanted to put some 16s in the back, rattle that thing like crazy, put some, I wanted some rims, like wood grain. I don't, that's definitely not cool no more, but like I wanted all the upgrades for my car. Duh. That's what I have. But listen, anything that we come up to in life, we can see the potential for upgrades. We can see that there's some, some things that need to be worked on. Uh, let me ask you this. What has ever been accomplished by just wanting something to happen? By wanting some rims on your car. By wanting those cabinets to be white instead of brown. Wanting uh, your relationship to be stronger and to communicate better. Nothing has. Nothing has ever been built that is strong by no work. The same in our relationship with God. If we want a strong relationship with God, it, sounds, it seems counterintuitive to say you got to work for it because Jesus paid for your sins. He's given you everything that you need. He's given you salvation. He's given you grace. Everything that you need to sustain a relationship with him, he has given it to you. But here's where we come in. We have to put in the work to build a relationship with God. If I came home and never talked to my wife, she ain't trying to make out with me when we get home. That's just the truth. We ain't got a good relationship. If I ain't coming home saying, babe, how was your day? Like, interested in what she's got going? It ain't going at all. It's just not. We do not have a strong relationship. A strong relationship takes work. So how do we do this? I want to talk through three things, and I want to look at one verse specifically, John 15, verse 9. And I want us to look at this verse because it lays out perfectly how do we build a strong relationship with God. Let's do it. Y'all ready? John 15, 9 says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. There's a lot to unpack here. Point number one, you are chosen. Know that you are chosen. This point is in here for a reason. The first part of this verse says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Look, the reason this is point number one, our entire foundation of our faith hinges on the fact that we understand that Jesus did everything to make us right with him. If we don't understand the love and the grace and the opportunity that Jesus has made for us to just have a relationship with God, we're never going to truly pursue a relationship with him if we feel like we're not deserving of that. We, ha we have to know that we are chosen, that it's free for us, that we get to pursue it. But without that knowledge, we can't move further. So I don't, I don't know about you, but in junior high, I'm throwing it way back. Uh, in junior high, I hated the days that you came in. How many of y'all took PE? I think everybody had to. Like, I, I don't know if that's like a selective course in middle school. You don't get to do that. But I, in junior high, I hated the days you come into PE and the teacher's like, they either didn't get enough sleep, they didn't have a lesson plan for that day, they're like, oh, I don't know what to do, like, dodgeball, like, they just, we're going to play pickup basketball, and then she says, Johnny, Susan, y'all are captains, and then I'm like, oh, Lord, no, 
Because I know you get sat on a wall with all the other kids, and they get to pick the best athletes in the room. Now, contrary to popular belief, your boy wasn't the best. Uh, you know, and I'm sitting on the wall. I'm sweating. I'm crying. I'm nervous. I, I, got my orange, I got my orange shirt on with my red basketball shorts. They know I ain't got it. But I'm up on the wall. I'm posted up. I'm looking cool. I'm trying to work it. I'm trying to make them want me is what, it's, what it is. Listen, I ain't getting picked. I'm just trying not to get picked last. That's all it is. Listen, some of us feel like that in our relationship with God. You've got to understand that regardless of your past, regardless of everything that's ever happened to you, you have been chosen. There, there's no, you're the best athlete in the room, you get picked first. No. You, you don't have athletic ability. It does not matter. Regardless of what you have or don't have, you have been chosen, and God's called you and purposed you for his plan for your life. You have been chosen. If we never understand this, we will never dive into a confident and strong relationship with God. In Psalm 193, it says, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. In her room? I'm just telling you, ain't nobody look good in a womb. Nobody picking you, but God did. There's truth in that. You can tweet that. Listen, C.S. Lewis said this quote. We have to be continually reminded of what we believe. Why do we have to be continually reminded? I can't remember where I put my car keys. So how in the world, week after week, day after day, with an enemy who's trying to speak to everything we ain't, that we're, we need to remind ourselves of what God has called us to and who he says that we are. We have to be continually reminded of who we are. John 15, 9, this is point number two. It says, remain in my love. Remain in my love. Point number two is stay connected. This word, this word remain or abide in uh, the NIV, the, the King James Version. In the Greek, it is meno. Everybody say meno. It's kind of like that fish that swims around, the little bitty fish that you fish with. That's a lot of fish. Uh, meno. That means to stay or wait. So if we look back and we say we have to wait in God's love, we have to stay in God's love, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? Why does, why does Jesus say, hey, you need, to, you need to remain in me. You need to stay in my love. Why? Because he understands that the pace of life, everything that's around us, the things that we live with, the people we live with, the enemy in our life is trying to, is trying to pull us away. It's trying to push us away from the things of God all the time. We have to stay connected by understanding that we have to stay and wait in the presence of God. And the, fir the first way we do that is prayer. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. This is not revolutionary. If I was to ask anybody in here, like, how do you spend time with God? Pray. Okay. It's the act of actually doing it. It's the, it's the discipline of getting in and praying. I'll just be honest with you. I'm trying to do this better myself. I... During prayer and fasting week, I felt as though God was challenging me in this area all year long. I need to be a man of prayer. I want to pray in the morning when we get up. I want to pray with my wife before we go to sleep. We've got a, we've got a daily prayer target. We've got, each day we have a different prayer topic that we're going to do as a couple. Like we're, we're trying to be people of prayer. Because our, our natural ability, if I'm being honest with you, is I can accomplish most things through my day by myself. And I can do it without God. But I'll tell you, if I do... If I do ask God, hey, 
how, how do I need to pursue my wife? This is a crazy, this is a crazy season. This is so busy. How do I do this? He's going to give me divine ideas and appointments and what to say, encourage her. If, if I'm in a meeting with somebody, how, God, be with me during this lunch meeting with somebody. I'm going to be able to encourage them, not on my own strength. God's going to give me a word for them. I know prayer makes a difference. How many of y'all had a prayer moment that's been just crazy good because you, you took it to God and he, he came through for you? Yeah. Prayer is so important. Uh, our, our phones are really, like, they're amazing to me. Like, the, the technology we have at our disposal every single day uh, is insane. I use it all the time for my calendar, for my emails, for texts, to stay connected, to look at what Donald Trump did again today. Like, all these different things, I'm like, man, how much more can I have? You know what I mean? So all these, all these companies know that we do so much on our phones that uh, they're trying to figure out how to get us off of our phones. That's crazy. The people who invented these phones and want you to buy them are trying to figure out how do we get off of them as much as we are right now. So Apple and Android basically put statistics on your phone where you can see you've been on it too much. That, it doesn't tell you that, but it can show you that. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, they've basically got functions in their applications that put this thing to sleep so you don't, you're not on it as often as you are. The average person picks it up 58 times a day, their phone. I was like, who would do that? Sinners. And then I looked mine up. Oh. On average, I pick mine up 110 times a day. And if I had you look at yours, you may use it a little bit more than me. You may use it less than me. And that was the week I was fasting social media. I don't even know what it would have been if I wasn't fasting social media. I'm just trying to be transparent up here. Listen. I have a question for us. What would our relationships look like if we prayed and connected with God as much as we're connecting with the things around us, as we're staying connected to the, to the phone that's in our hand? I'm not even saying 100%. I'm saying 20%. If I prayed 25 times a day, my life, my, life, my family, my, my relationships, my attitude, my, everything in my life would look different. I promise. Because I'm including God. Prayer is a conversation. It's a conversation including God in on everything that we're doing. Second is God's Word. God's Word. This is what the Bible calls our daily bread. Hello. Uh, when I think of daily bread, I think of the six uh, breadstick bag at Olive Garden. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And during fasting week, when they're talking about you need to be in the Word, the bread of life, like I'm like, don't I? <laughs> don't I need to be in that bread? <sighs> There's a phenomenon that happens when we as humans uh, don't eat for an extended period of time, like six hours or so. Uh, Y'all know what it is? Yes. We get hangry. For those of you who don't know what that is... Uh, God bless you. <laughs> but it's when you get angry because you're so hungry. I live in this state some days. Like, I get so mad at people. I get ticked off at the smallest things because I just want some carbs. Where's the bread? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's just how it's going to be sometimes. The, that's what I think of when we talk about God's Word. God's Word is the bread of life. It is our food. For, to get real for just a second, our soul, you are a soul. Your soul needs food. 
And the very thing that feeds you is this here. Whether you've believed God for years, whether you're still trying to figure this out, whether you haven't made that decision yet, let me tell you, you are a soul. And what your soul needs, what you need, is the Word of God. This is what will sustain you. This is what will give you energy. This is what will give you joy. This is what will get you through calculus. I'm just kidding. Y'all wouldn't even pay attention. You hunger for what you feed yourself. If you feed yourself kale, you may want cookies. <laughs> no, for real. If you feed yourself kale, you're probably going to want kale more. If you feed yourself Chewy Chips Ahoy cookies, that's what you're going to want. I'm just letting you know, you hunger for what you feed yourself. When I first started pastoring, this is for real. When I first started pastoring two, uh, a year and a half ago, uh, I used to do production on the weekends, and now, then I got, in about a month span, we became pastors. and It was a lot of pressure for me jumping in to pastoring because I felt like I had to have all the answers. I felt like I needed to know the word. There were so many people under our leadership. So many people were counting on us. I had the pressure of speaking really well. Uh, everybody listens to Mike Todd, and then Justin's up here, and it's like, do better. Like, y'all, I know, I see y'all. I see y'all telling me that. But there were so many pressures and, and anxieties and fears that I had in my own life. Y'all probably would never have even known. But I, I was... I was eating myself up. Like I, I had so much pressure for myself that I could not do what I've been called to do. And I started reading Joshua 1 through 8, chapters 1 through 8, uh, all about what God was promising uh, Joshua. He just took over from Moses. He's got a million people that he's leading, a million Israelites. That's a lot of people. They're like, hey, Joshua, what are we doing? He's like, I don't know. Like, just shh. Like, let me hear from God. Are we there yet, Josh? No. Chill out. Like, that's the people he's dealing with, a million of them. And I, I'm reading through this story, and he, God's saying to Joshua, he said, don't be afraid. Just take courage. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. Hey, you've got this. You've got this. Don't be afraid. And he, over and over and over again in Joshua, he's telling him this, and I related so much with this story. And then a few weeks later, uh, we were at a prayer and worship night, and the pastor came over to me and said, hey, you're, you're a Joshua in this generation. She had no idea that I was reading this story and that I was in the, in the book of Joshua reading through this, clinging to the very words that God was encouraging him with. That blessed me. That encouraged me. That put me in a place where I was confident to take on the things that God's called me to do. That's what God's word can do for you. If you're stuck in school, if you're going through a season of your life that is just terrible, that you feel like, man, I don't know what to do in this moment. If you're in God's word, it doesn't matter if you haven't got anything for the last two weeks reading that thing every day. God will provide for you. He will show up for you through His Word. He will communicate through His Word. He will encourage you through His Word. That's what He does. This is what feeds our soul. And the last thing really quickly is community. How do we stay connected? Community. We're going to talk about this next week. Life Group launches next week. Please come back. This is how you get connected. This is how you start growing in your relationship with God. This is, the way, this is what we've set up for you to grow stronger. This is the weekly application of growing stronger. You're going to come to me and you're going to hear some really great things on Thursday nights. It's just going to be really jam-packed with just some hearty nuggets of the Word of God. Um, but you need your life group. <laughs> I'm kidding. But you really, really do need your life group. And serving, this is how it gives us an opportunity to contribute and play a part in what God is doing and not just come in and receive. So we're, we're, we're supposed to apply the things that we're learning in here. 
uh, and be a part of what God's doing. So if we remember we're chosen, we stay connected to Jesus. The last is our obedience is proof of our love for Jesus. That last part of the verse says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. And it's not like, when you obey my commandments, I ah, you'll remain in my love. It's, hey, when you do, you're going to remain there. That's what's going to happen. That's, that's the byproduct. That's the fruit of your obedience. Now, how many of you loved the moment when you got to move out of your house, come to college, had freedom of your own? You could have Taco Bell at 1230, and your mom's not like, where did you just go? Like, it's so nice, right? In college, this is not in my notes. In college, I had to, I had to bribe the, the dorm, dorm dad. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. We're at CBC. Uh, we, had a, we had a dorm dad. His name was PJ. I bribed him by bringing him food because our curfew was 12. And if I wanted to go out past that, I would have to sneak him food to get back into the dorm. How crazy is that? What is, I can't believe him. But what a freeing time that is in our life. We're like, we're living it up. There's so much freedom in our life. Let me tell you this, though. Obedience is something that regardless of what age we are, it's tough. Obedience is hard for us. Nobody comes out the womb trying to be, be obedient to everybody that tells them what to do. You got teachers. You got roommates. You got friends. You got your pastor up here telling you what to do. You got your parents still texting you, calling you. Hey, are you brushing your teeth? Like, Shut up, mom. Like, so many people trying to get you obedient all the time. Listen, we have to learn to be obedient. Check this out. You don't eat this gum. You'll get another one, okay? Right here. I'll be right back. I'll grab something quick, okay? Don't eat it. Listen, I had to work that in somehow. That's too good. She wanted that piece of gum so bad. Obedience is proof of our love for Jesus, not just to God, not just to who we're obedient towards, to the people around us. And I'm believing tonight there's a lot of steps of obedience in this room, whether it's big or small. I know some of you are going to make that decision to be obedient and just surrender your life to Christ, rededicate your life to Christ. I know some of you, you're going to forgive people that have offended you months, years. You, you've been hurt by, that, by those people. There's people in here, you're going to start serving. You're going, to get, you're going to take that step of obedience to get involved in a life group. You're going to need to have a conversation with your roommate who bugs a fire out of you. You're going to be obedient. You're going to confront that. And I believe there's some of you in here, listen to me right now, that you've been stuck, you've been trapped, you've been addicted. There have been things that in your life that you have not been able to get rid of. And tonight, that step of obedience could free you into building this strong relationship with God. Let your pride go. There are things in here that God's saying, why are you, why are you still carrying that? Why? If you would let it go, come to me, step out in obedience, Follow after the things that I've told you to. 
and walk in the freedom I've given you, there's a whole new life that you haven't experienced if you'll just take a step of obedience. Second, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I want us to get this picture of what God's word does for us as believers. Why is this so important for us? It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every single good work. I don't like it when God starts poking around at my life and showing me areas. Right now it's pride. I told my wife the other day. There's moments I get prideful when she addresses something in our marriage or addresses something in ministry and she disagrees with what I've done or what I said. I'm like, you will not talk to me that way. That's pride. I do it in ministry. I do it with our leaders. I'm noticing and God's pointing out that there's pride in my life. Listen, if I want to follow Jesus, I could live with that. But man, I, I don't get to enjoy the fullness of life that I have if I carry that around with me all the time. And so I want to say, God, I want to be obedient. What does your word say about pride? I need to surrender it. It says that he will exalt the humble and the proud are going to fall. The proud are going to fall. I want to walk in obedience with God. So we need to remember we're chosen, stay connected through prayer, through, through God's word, through community. And then our obedience is going to prove that our love for him is real. And that's how we know that we're building that strong foundation. Because some of you, you're tearing up the concrete, you're tearing up the foundation. We need to build some of that back. Some of you in here, you, you've demolished the foundation. You need to start putting those pieces back together. But some of you, you're ready to build on top of that foundation. You've got a strong base, and you need to build on top of that. This is where we start building up, is that obedience. People start realizing it. You start seeing the fruit in your life. God begins to give you opportunities and favor and anointing and relationships and things at school. This is where our relationship begins to take root and we start to gain a strong relationship with God. Luke 6, 47 again says, As for those who come to me, who get in my word, who pray, who constantly seek me, hear my words and put them into practice, they are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. This is how you build your life to last. Let's pray.